Hi, and welcome to the Growing Book Club. 12 books, one year, new you. I am your host, Sarah Herring, and I am so excited to go on this personal growth journey with you. Happy reading, my friends. So I am a little late in releasing our book club podcast this week. It was a little hectic these last few days, and I had to take care of a couple other things, and so the podcast kept getting pushed out. So here we are, Saturday. I always try to release these every Thursday. So for everyone that's been waiting, thank you for your patience. But I'm so excited to go into another week of Switch on Your Brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf. We went into a lot of really exciting scientific research and ideas last week that Dr. Leaf presented us with. And this week, we're going to go into her 21-day brain detox plan, which I am forever grateful for personally and excited to share with everyone. I actually want to start off by sharing a passage from Dr. Leaf's new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, Five Simple Scientifically Proven Steps to Reduce Anxiety, Stress, and Toxic Thinking. This is on page 44 and 45 of her new book. More and more of us are struggling with anxiety, intrusive thoughts, depression, fear, and toxic ruminations that cause all sorts of mental health problems. In my work, I meet all kinds of people who can't concentrate, can't remember, are burned out, having strained relationships, and are dealing with many kinds of physical issues. The list goes on and on. So, what's the solution? Should we change our lifestyle? Yes, of course, a healthy lifestyle is important. We should all eat wholesome food, exercise regularly, sleep well and enough, control our stress, limit our screen time, and get outside more insofar as is possible based on our unique life circumstances. More and more research is showing how many diseases are lifestyle-related, which includes what we think about, so what we choose to do and not do can have important consequences for our mental and physical well-being. This is even more pressing now as the decades-long trend of people living longer has been reversed despite the advances we've made in medicine and technology. We really do need to change our lifestyle, and thankfully there's no shortage of fantastic advice on how to do so that can be found online in books from coaches and in courses. But how do we get from finding good advice to living the good life? How do we go from reading books, blogs, and social media to actually applying what we learn and transforming it into sustainable and impactful life habits? What is the missing piece? Why do so many people put up with stuff they don't need to, even with all the great resources out there? Change requires action and application, and both of these are driven by our mind. The state our mind is in affects how it functions, which determines what and how we absorb, apply, and put our action, our thinking into action. Everything we do begins with a thought. If we want to change anything in our lives, we first have to change our thinking, our mind. When we know how to change our mind, we rewire neural networks in the brain that create useful, sustainable, and automatized actions and attitudes, good habits that make us happier and healthier. We get this from good advice to a good life with our mind, hence the term mind management. 
And I share this. I know that this is not the book that we are reading for book club, but I, I read that earlier this week and thought it just applied so well to this podcast and what we're going to focus on today because this is all about application. I heard, uh, I, I have so many quotes, so I apologize. I can't think exactly who I heard this from, but just so many quotes running through my head. Um, but I we live basically in a society that is just so centered right now on being motivated, on having self-help books, podcasts, and there's basically what Dr. Leaf is talking about. There's so many resources that we have, but it's it's the people that make the decision to actually act on the principles that we learn from different resources when we actually, those are the people that start to see changes versus those that don't. Part of the reason I started this podcast was because I really love self-development. Now, change, personal growing, it's not easy, and I wouldn't say it's the most fun thing, but I love the results. I love how I feel after I've gone through a period of time of really working on on growing. And I just love how here Dr. Leaf has spent the first eight chapters of the book going through the information, but today we're going to go ahead and jump into the actual application Really, the only homework for this week is to start the 21-day brain detox plan. Maybe you only do this for a couple of days. I'm going to be doing it with everyone. I know that's going to lead us into April with a new book that we're reading for book club. But really, it's, it's just starting to put these principles into action. As a reminder, you may be someone who hasn't dealt with too many mental health issues. Maybe you haven't dealt with anxiety. Maybe you haven't dealt with depression or OCD. I don't know. But what I love about Dr. Leaf's book is her books in general is we all deal with thoughts. We all have stress in our life. We all have different ways that we can grow and expand our mind. And so even if, again, you're you're, you're not dealing with any form of mental illness currently in your life, I truly would love to go on this journey with you for the 21-day brain detox because we can always refresh in our brain. We always can can go on that journey in, in renewing our minds. I had to finish our podcast up quick last week, so I didn't really get a chance to go into Chapter 8 as much as I had wanted to. So I'm going to briefly go over that, and then we'll just jump into the second part of this book. But for the main scripture in Chapter 8... Dr. Leaf quotes James 1 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And the link scientific concept is what you wire into your brain through thinking is stored in your non-conscious mind. The non-conscious mind is where 99.9% of our mind activity is. It is the root level that stores the thoughts with the emotions and perceptions, and it impacts the conscious mind and what we say and do. Everything is first a thought. Years ago, Dr. Leaf explains how she put together this theory called the geodesic information processing theory. On page 124, she says, before I explain this in a simple way, let me tell you why I am doing this. 
when you understand the power of your thought life, which has been the emphasis of the first seven chapters in this book, you truly begin to get a glimpse of how important it is to take responsibility for what you are thinking. Thinking is a powerful creative force, both a blessing and a curse, and should not be taken lightly. She goes on to explain that there's really three steps in this theory. And it goes like this. Number one, your non-conscious metacognitive level. The non-conscious metacognitive level is on the far left of your brain. It is where 90 to 99% of the action in your mind is. Your thinking and thought building happen on this level. This level operates at about 400 billion actions per second and drives the conscious cognitive level. It operates 24 hours a day. The second part of this is the conscious cognitive level. The conscious cognitive level in the middle is where up to 10% of mind action is. It operates at about 2,000 actions per second, so it's much slower and is controlled by the net metacognitive level. The cognitive level, in turn, drives the symbolic output level, which is what you say and do, what the world sees, the output of your thinking, the level operates when we are awake. And then the third one is the symbolic action level. The symbolic output level incorporates the five senses through which you express yourself and experience the world, serving as the contact between the external world and the in- internal world of your mind. Therefore, this model works in reverse as well, forming a perfect circle. So information comes through the five senses is received consciously by the conscious cognitive level and then passes into the non-conscious metacognitive level where if you have paid attention and started thinking and choosing, it becomes a physical thought as a result of genetic expression or the making of proteins. This newly built physical thought will in turn impact your conscious cognitive and symbolic levels and so the cycle goes on. That was a lot of information right there, but what I take away from that again is so much of our brain is just constantly going, it's constantly moving, it's constantly creating new proteins, new networks, and so it's so important for us to learn how to take every thought captive and recognize again we are not controlled by our circumstances, it's learning how to respond versus being reactive. Okay, I love this passage on page 129. Dr. Lee says, Satan tries to take advantage of the pull of the five senses through the symbolic level, and he would love it if you respond impulsively to them. But you are made in God's image with the mind of Christ, and Jesus told his disciples that all power had been given to him. If all power was given to Jesus, how much power does Satan have? None. When you truly let that sink in, you will realize that you control your reactions, your thinking, and your choices. I know I brought that quote up last week in our podcast, but I just wanted to reiterate that again. And something else that I love that she just describes throughout this this chapter is just the power of love. That God has created each of us to live with a spirit of faith and love and not live in fear. She says on page 130, when we distort love and truth, we wire this provision into our brains and in a sense create brain damage. This is not an exaggeration because our brains are wired for love, not fear, And therefore, all the circuits, neurochemical, neuropsychological, neurobiological, electromagnetic, and quantum are geared up for healthy, non-toxic thinking. If we allow ourselves to learn fear, it creates chaos and havoc in our brains. Yay! So here we go. Okay, part two of this book, again, going to the 21-day brain detox plan, which is something we've all been gearing up to over the last couple of weeks in our reading. 
I'm going to go ahead and read on page 139. What is the 21-day brain detox plan? Dr. Leaf says the hardest part about achieving peak happiness, thinking, and health is remembering that we can choose them. Achieving them is not accomplished by putting on a brave or happy face, nor are they attained by adopting an ostrich mentality and pretending that problems don't exist or that everything will always be great. The way to find this state is by harnessing the neuroplasticity God has designed in our brains and choosing to rewire or renew our mind. This is a lifestyle that we will bring that will bring us ever closer in alignment to our original design of perfection. We can actively choose happiness rather than letting our external and internal world of wired in and learned thoughts and our biology define happiness for us. My favorite word in that entire two paragraphs is the word lifestyle. This 21-day brain detox is not something you do in one day. Dr. Leaf goes into this in this last part of the book, but you can do multiple cycles of the 21 brain detox. It depends on how toxic of a thought you're working with. Maybe it's it's something that you just have to do for one cycle. For other people, they might have to do three, four, five, six cycles, and that's okay. Whatever your journey looks like, embrace it. On page 147, Dr. Leaf describes this detox plan as a technique that is rigorous, disciplined, and a daily routine that becomes a lifestyle of renewing your mind. It is a lifestyle of neuroplasticity, rewiring your nerve nerve networks. It is driven by you, but led by the Holy Spirit. It gets you into a deep intellectual, introspective self-reflection, activating all eight keys I described in part one. Once you have worked through this book and mastered the concepts and take your time with this, it's not worth rushing through, your daily routine will take seven to 10 minutes minimum, although some like to go longer daily. During this time, you will be doing five steps for 21 days. These five steps are based on my research on the science of thought and the brain and are called the five steps switch on your brain learning process. So the five different steps, and we're just going to go over these and highlight them quickly today, is one, gather, two, focused reflection, three, write, four, revisit, and five, active reach. Dr. Leaf says that what you will be doing with the five steps is bringing the toxic thought into consciousness and then proceeding over 21 days to destroy it. We just talked about in chapter eight how we deal so heavily with the non-conscious part of our brain and it's learning to allow that part of the brain to work for us, not against us. What I find really fascinating and to be a really great visual is on pages 153 and 154. She has a visual and goes into all the scientific background of how we, when we have thoughts, it's essentially like a tree and we want to create healthy roots, healthy branches. And so what we're essentially going through is we're, we're deconstructing this, this, this tree and grafting in healthy thoughts. We're grafting in positive, constructive thoughts that will bring us closer to God. And she says here on page 155, you, five, you are made from God's perfectness, but it is up to you to create your expertise in life. God is God gives us the blueprint, but we need to choose to make it happen. The point is that you are playing to win and you don't give up. Before we start breaking down each of the steps to this brain detox, Dr. Leaf 
stresses that it is so important that you go through every step. She says, if you skip a step or only sort of use the step, the changes you create will also be a sort of and not effective. So as you're going through this, remember that each step is as port is as important as the other. There's no step that's more important or less important. We all need each and every one of these ingredients to help in renewing our minds. Okay, so chapter 11, the step is gather. She says you have to develop disciplined thought lives and part of that is increasing your awareness of what you are allowing into your mind. The gather step is therefore all about becoming aware of all the signals that are coming into your mind from the external environment through the five senses and understanding the internal environment of your mind. So as you answer the questions throughout this section, you are focusing on developing awareness, which means you are starting the process of bringing those rogue thoughts into captivity. This is more than just mindfulness and meditation. The gather step is all about recognizing everything that is that you're experiencing through those five senses, through sight, smell, sound, taste, and touch. And as you're experiencing those, she says, take on page 158, take your time and just enjoy how how intricately God has made you. And please remember, you are brilliant and intelligent and totally capable of understanding because you are made in his image. I love how when we gather our thoughts, when we not only gather our thoughts, but gather what we're taking in with the five senses, it's important to recognize that we need to 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 discern our emotions and our feelings. What is this what is this thought causing th- me to experience through through sound? How does that make me feel? Um, what do I what do I essentially taste right now? There's there's so many ways that you can go through this. And I I personally have done this essentially through through therapy as well. This is something that uh, my therapist has been very helpful with anxiety is is taking in gathering in all of your surroundings. That's re- that's really the first step in this process. We want to get on track for building new thought processes, creating new memories. And she talks about the part of the brain, it's called the hypothalamus. On page 162, she says, part of what the hypothalamus does is alert the rest of the brain to release chemicals like serotonin or glutamate to help with the process of building a new memory. The endocrine system is a collection of glands and organs that mostly produce and regulate your hormones. And the hypothalamus is often referred to as the brain of the endocrine system, controlling things like thirst, hunger, body temperature, and the body's response to your emotional life. The hypothalamus is also like a pulsating heart responding to your emotions and thought life, greatly impacting how you function emotionally and intellectually. This means that if you are anxious or worried about something, the hypothalamus will respond by releasing more chemicals than it should. This in turn causes the pituitary to release too many chemicals and the result is neurochemical chaos. So instead of being focused in our thinking, we have chaotic and foggy thinking. I should probably clarify too that in each of these chapters, Dr. Leaf breaks down different questions. Um, for example, on one page, on page 163, do the thoughts in your conscious mind at this moment make you feel peace or worry? Be aware of how your body feels. Are you tensing your shoulders? Is there an adrenaline rush going through your body? This is really, again, this is that first step essentially of meditation and mindfulness is recognizing the space around you, recognizing what you're experiencing and owning what you're what you're going through. Chapter 12 is step two, which is focused reflection. And what I like about this one is this really is 
taking kind of meditation, mindfulness, and putting it more into action. On page 172, she says, although a lot of these studies, um, you know, throughout throughout science talk about Eastern meditation techniques, what it boils down to every time is deep intellectual discipline thinking with attention regulation thinking, body awareness, emotion regulation, and a sense of self that changes the brain positively. Consequently, people gain health, happiness, and peace, exactly the instruction and consequence of uh, Philippines 4 through 8 Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In fact, throughout the book of Proverbs, we are instructed to gain wisdom and meditate on knowledge until we understand. She goes through this pattern that's that that with the self-reflection step, the focused reflection, she talks about thinking, understanding, and applying. She says, no thought should ever be allowed to control you. I like to look at this process, and, and what I love about this is it's it's this search, ponder, and pray. Um, is how I would go back to my faith um, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and that's taking every thought captive. That's saying that, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to push these things out. I'm going to allow myself to truly think over everything and remember that I am the captain of this ship. I I drive this vehicle. I'm saying where we're going, but I'm going to take that time first to really, to I've gathered all the information and now I'm really going to reflect on, on the things that I'm experiencing. What I love about the focused reflection step two is, again, taking the thoughts that and the feelings that you've experienced through those five senses through step one and allowing yourself to focus in on individual thoughts and being very, very reflective on why am I feeling this way and going into understanding the deeper the deeper meaning of why you're experiencing that. On page 176, Dr. Leaf talks about imagining builds physical thoughts. Again, we want to take everything outside of what we're experiencing with our senses and also take our non-conscious and put it into consciousness. And so she says, research has shown that mental practice, imagination, visualization, deep thought and reflection produces the same physical changes in the brain as would physically carrying out the same imagined processes. We see this principle in the Bible. Nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. Brain scans show that the parts of the brain activated by action are the same parts of the brain activated by simply thinking about an action. This sheds new depths of understanding for the scripture. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Rehearsing things mentally is a great everyday example of how you can think and more deeply reflect on daily actions because each time you do this, you change the memory. For example, if a surgeon is about to perform an operation, he first mentally rehearses each precise step as would an athlete before a game or a student before about to take an exam. As you mentally rehearse it, the newly built memory becomes increasingly stronger and begins to grow more connections to neighboring nerve cells, integrating that thought into our thought patterns. This leads to automization, which she talks about in chapter eight. Dr. Leaf also says that a healthy thought and a toxic thought can be built with mental rehearsal. And what I find interesting about this, I don't know if there's any worriers out there. I know that a lot of the anxiety that has that I've dealt with is is centered around the question, what if? 
and you create every possible scenario in your mind. And what I love about this focused reflection is, again, just taking everything that you're experiencing in and focusing on it. It's not pushing it out. It's it's allowing it's allowing yourself to deeply think about the things that you're thinking about, which is kind of an interesting concept. I don't think too many of us are constantly thinking about what we're thinking and the effects that it, it's causing in our lives. In chapter 13, Dr. Leaf discusses the third step, which is write. She says, your brain writes through genetic expression. So when you write things down on paper or type into your computer or iPad or whatever gadget you use, you are mirroring this process. Writing down your thoughts is important in the switch on your brain technique because the actual process of writing consolidates the memory and adds clarity to what you have been thinking about. It helps you better see the area that needs to be detoxed by allowing you to see your non-conscious and conscious thoughts in a visual way. It is almost like putting your brain on paper. So she goes through in this chapter kind of more of the scientific parts of how this all comes together. The brain, of course, which go read the book. Dr. Leaf always explains things a million times better, <laughs> of course. But what I love about this is writing down is actually the is the step of putting things into action. It's going from this deep reflective state to putting everything out on paper to visually see it. Something that I really like that she talks about too is when you have thoughts and this these aren't just toxic thoughts these are just thoughts in general she talks about having a journal that you can refer to in kind of brain dumping essentially and she talks about being creative with your notes don't just write things in you know a straight left to right perfect formation it's it's adding colors adding um you know maybe the emotion that you're feeling maybe if you're feeling more joy you write things in yellows or you know bright colors and maybe if you're experiencing something that's more sorrowful or anxious it's it's thinking of a color that that relates to that or you there's there's so many things she says um, on page 183, I always encourage anyone who keeps a thought journal to be creative with their notes. I also encourage anyone moving through the process of detoxifying thoughts to be playful with their thought journal. Don't limit yourself to just writing in straight lines. If there are word associations or groupings that seem natural as you focus on information, group those on a page. Draw a picture or a diagram to go along with that thought expression. Add color or texture. Pour out the impressions in your mind onto the page. Ultimately, what writing our thoughts down on paper or on an iPad, whatever that looks like, it brings clarity. It allows us to see things from a big picture. And it goes back to what we were talking about in the early chapters of this book is that uh, writing things down, in a sense, allows us to take a step outside of our own selves. It allows us to become an onlooker and really see things sometimes in the moment when when we're, we're in the moment of things things can be stressful, we can have anxiety, we can feel frustration, anger, whatever the emotion is associated, but but actually writing it down allows us to find healing. And that's, that's, that's personally one of my favorite steps of this whole process. I love journal writing. I'm not the best at consistently writing in a journal um, about my life experiences, but um, in general, just I find so much uh, peace and joy in doing so because it allows me to take a step back and observe my thinking more clearly. Chapter 14 is the fourth step, which is revisit. She says, revisiting what you have written will be a revealing process. This is exciting as well because it is progressive moving forward. You, re you revisit where you are and look at 
how to make change happen. After you have gathered awareness and done your focused reflection and writing, you will have stimulated major neuroplastic activity, putting your brain in a highly active and dynamic state for marvelous and positive change. This is the perfect state to be in to rewire. This step is all about you wiring in what changes you want. You get to design your new healthy thought to replace the toxic thought and you want to get rid of it. It's all about redesigning, reorganizing, and recreating that specific thought you are working on. This is a shorter chapter, but what I love about this is Dr. Leaf just goes into how we are our own brain surgeons. Nobody else has the opportunity to do that for for us individually. She says on page 189, God builds into the science of thought this amazing ability to renew our minds, which in turn rewires the brain. This means that each time a thought dominates your conscious mind, you can do something with it. You are not a victim of your biology. You can control your reactions to events and circumstances. You can choose to keep your thinking the same or change it. Either way, protein synthesis happens. The toxic memory will either be changed or be strengthened. This process is the major role of the revisit stage. I personally love the revisit step because as a very kind of goal-oriented person, I like having a game plan. And going through all this really helps me lay out of, okay, I'm experiencing these thoughts. I'm experiencing these feelings. I'm experiencing these emotions. I put these down on paper. I can see big picture, everything that I'm experiencing. And this is how moving forward, I want to change. These are the areas that I want to think about more, or this is an area that I want to focus less attention on. And if we're going again to positive affirmations, it's speaking those things into existence. It's it's taking a, all of the experiences that we've had and deciding that I am, again, I'm the captain of my ship. I control my life, right? She, Dr. Leaf, I'm so grateful she emphasizes this so much is you're not a victim of your biology. You're not a victim of your circumstances. You get to control your life. And the last step, the active reach step in chapter 15, this whole chapter in general is just the faith, faith without works is dead scripture that comes to mind. She says on page 193, active reaches are the challenging but fun part of this plan because they are actions and exercises you say and or do during the course of the day and evening. You in essence Practice using the new healthy thought until it becomes automized like a good habit. You decide what these active reaches will be in steps four and five each day, and then you monitor, evaluate, and change them. She says it is in it is the doing nature of the active reaches that results in ungluing the branches from your thought trees. Um, she says steps one through four have loosened and weakened the branches, but step five literally destroys the branches. And hear how this works. She says the branches with all the memories and emotions are attached to a cell body with a type of protein that is like a glue, like branches attached to a tree trunk. There's more glue on the branches that are used the most. So when you shift your attention from the negative toxic thought to the positive, healthy, new replacement thought, three things happen. Number one, the electromagnetic and quantum signals from your decision. Again, side note, remember, every part of our body is connected and affected by our thoughts. So the electromagnetic and quantum signals from your decision to change attack the branches of the toxic thoughts, 
weakening them because the signals are more powerful than the negative thoughts. Number two, this causes neurochemicals to flow like, flow like oxytocin, which remolds dopamine, which increases motivation and focus, and serotonin, which makes you feel good. These chemicals also weaken the toxic branch. And then step three, number three, the glue starts moving away from the toxic tree to the healthy tree. This step is more than just believing that you can rewire your brain. This is saying, I am choosing to move forward. You've you've taken everything from those first four steps, and you are now at the point where you're consistently throughout the day working on growing those thought processes. She mentions in a different chapter how with this cycle, you almost have to become obsessive. You have to become very focused um, on, on growing yourself if you want to eliminate the toxic thoughts that in some shape or form may be taking over your life or consuming a certain portion of your life, whatever that looks like. On page 195, Dr. Leaf says, the active reach is the stage in which you reach out beyond toxic thinking by applying the principle faith without works is dead. This is where your faith manifests and you actually do something with the detoxing that has been going on until now. You reach further. It is the final step to switching on the brain and detoxing, but you can't reach with success without the foundation of the created previous principles. Only when you've been through all the steps and completed the process can you move forward, changed in a positive direction, right? Everything that we just talked about. An active reach is not just the decision to forgive. It is the actual forgiving. It is not the decision to believe that God heals. It is the actual believing. It is not just the decision to stop worrying about your children and trust they will make the right decisions because God is watching over them. It is the actually stop stopping the worrying. It is not just the confessing God will meet your needs. It's the actual believing. It's not just the decision to lose weight. It is the actual lifestyle change to lose the weight. It is not just the decision to stop dwelling on the past. It is the actual stopping the dwelling on the past. It is not just the decision not to talk negatively. It is the actual not talking negatively, no matter how tempting it is to do so. This is when you reach beyond where you are. And Oh, I got a little emotional there. This for me is saying I'm allowing God into my life. This is going through those four steps. That is really our chance to to humbly come before him and do steps that will bring him closer, bring us closer to him. And doing this last step is letting go and trusting him, whatever that looks like for you personally. I want to end this chapter by going to page 197. Dr. Leaf says the active reach helps you feel whether or not something is true. It helps you line up the thought or the imagination with the confession, words coming out of your mouth and action. Clearly then confess your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believing in your heart. Romans 10, nine becomes the principle operating here. Here's an example of active reach. You are working on the toxic thought of saying out loud in your mind, a lot of a lot of could have, would have, should have, if only statements. Your active reach step in is saying, I will not say this. I'm putting the past behind me or visualizing the situation, event, or issue disappearing in a puff of smoke or quoting a verse that's applicable or doing something fun like smiling, yawning, or tapping your foot. A second example, if the toxic thought is that you keep trying to change the past by playing movies in your mind, thinking that if you did that, then this would have happened and then this should have happened, and then you wouldn't have active reaches saying, I choose to stop playing this movie, or I'm switching that movie off, 
quoting a Bible verse that applies or praying a prayer you have created for that situation. Or a third example, the toxic thought is that you find it hard to accept that something is overdone and in the past and you won't let it go. The active reach is to visualize the walls of Jericho falling down and see those walls as the past experience telling yourself, I can't is a decision, but so is I can. Choose I can or quote a scripture. She says, you can't trick yourself and you can't trick God. After all, you are made in his image and are therefore exceptionally intelligent. Now, using your exceptional intelligence, look at the simple summary below of how to do the 21-day brain detox plan and start renewing your mind and renewing your brain. Through pages 198 through 201, Dr. Leaf breaks everything down again from those five steps. And I know that for me, over the next 21 days, I have a personal goal to do this every single day. And I love how Dr. Leaf says you really can do it in increments of, you know, five to seven, seven to 15 minutes. And it's really just taking that first step and putting things into action. I can't believe we just finished this book. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Another book. And uh, I, I'm really excited again. Our book club group discussion is this upcoming Thursday, um, April 1st at 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Zoom. All details to come via Instagram. But I truly hope that this book has helped um, helped someone out there. I had a great experience actually this morning. I went to breakfast with a really good friend of mine. And we caught up, just talked about a lot of different things. And I'm so grateful to have friends, to have people in my life who have helped me realize that I am not defined by my circumstances. I am the master of my emotions. I am the master of my life. And again, I think one of the most scary thoughts is the feeling that we're stuck, the feeling that we can't ever fix the situation we're in, whether that's a, you know health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, whatever that is. I think the biggest lesson that I take away from Dr. Leaf's book is through God, I can do all things. In Christ, I am strengthened. And I have a quote that I have said for years, an affirmation, and that is, I choose to listen to the voice of Christ. The adversary has no power over me. And I believe that for each and every one of you. I believe that you, regardless of your circumstance, can take control of your life. You can take captive of your thoughts and you can live a beautiful life that you design with God's assistance. And so again, thank you everyone for participating this month. And I appreciate your patience and the delay of this podcast getting out, but I'm really excited and would love to see all your bright smiling faces on, on Thursday. And if you can't come, Honestly, I would love if you were to send me some type of um, message through social media or through maybe a voice text or whatever it is. I, I don't really care, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this book and how it's shaped you. So um, I, I love this month. Thank you, everyone. Have an awesome, have an awesome week, and we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you on April first, eight p.m. Mountain.